Thanks for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, the podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha. And Andy. And this week, we're talking about Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing takes place in 1963, where 17-year-old good girl Frances, known as Baby, vacations with her family in the Catskills, where she falls in love with the resort's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. His name is Johnny Castle? Yeah. I didn't know his last name. No one ever called him Castle. (laughs) I guess, yeah, I don't really recall anyone saying his full name. Yeah. But yeah, that's his full name, Johnny Castle. I I didn't even catch baby's name was Francis. Yeah. Well, there's a whole scene where he's like, what's your real name, baby? Yeah, I remember that, but I forgot what she said. So this movie was released in 1987. It had a budget of $5 million. Whoa. Mini style. Yeah, it was ridiculous the whole story behind how this got made is so it's one of those movies where it's like it almost didn't get made yeah it has one of those journeys but with a five million dollar budget it made 214 million dollars in the box office and of course it's still making money to this day (laughs) no wonder we we got that hot sequel dirty dancing havana nights jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) sigh at the sequels and the remakes you don't love Havana Nights Havana Nights it has that guy from uh, Footloose I think the new Footloose or am I making that up Uh, I think you're making it up I might be making it up but anyway doesn't matter we're talking about the OG Dirty Dancing the dirtiest I didn't know this but this was the first film to sell a million copies on home video whoa nice remember home video yeah (laughs) I know we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How is it different than Blu-rays and DVDs and shit? V- the VHS. I know, but like, I don't know. You said home video, like it was the concept of having video in your home. Oh, oh no. I meant like VHS. Oh, yeah. yeah of course I remember VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love a VHS. It's so crazy how like you can't, like you can still find DVDs, but you can't find VHS Oh, you gotta tapes. look. Yeah, you gotta look at like... If a thrift store has like old DVDs, you, you might ask and they might have a box somewhere in the back of VHS and they'll let you dig through them. But yeah, it's hard to find them. Oh, that's so crazy. It's not like, I mean, I don't know why that industry gave up. It's kind of cool. It's like you, when someone has a record player in their home, you know? Well, yeah, but it's like the video quality has gone up so high. When you watch anything on VHS, it kind of looks like crap. Uh, I think I need to watch something on VHS so I can compare. Yeah, because DVDs aren't even 1080p. They're 720. So you're oh, not damn. you're not even getting high def when you're watching a DVD. So you're getting less than that. I don't even know what the hell you're getting <laughs> on a VHS. There are certain old movies that I feel like almost benefit. That's like gritty 70s movies. Like sometimes they look better on like a gritty VHS. Yeah. Than a pristine like 4K, you know, remaster. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to come back in some sort of like cool vintage way where it's like cool to have a VHS player and oh, like watch. probably. <sighs> gotta get gotta get that perch in now. You'll see it when the prices start going up because that's what happened with records. They got they got repopular again, and all of a sudden it's not cheap to collect records again. Yeah, VHS you can get them fifty cents. So like, yeah, if they, if they, if they come up to twenty dollars a pop, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, the, hipster, <laughs> the hipsters are in. Oh man, I'm gonna keep my VHS tapes forever. Um, but anyway, not only was the movie successful, but the album, like the soundtrack, was also successful. It sold 11 million copies and stayed at number one for over four months. All right, so let me ask you, was is Time of Your Life from this movie? 
Yes, it was an original song oh, made damn. for this That's movie. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Because I just thought that, I've always thought that was just like like a song. They just like you know got the rights to that song because it was good. It's kind of crazy because I mean, getting mu- music for this movie in itself is a whole story. But for this song in particular, they didn't even end up choosing "Time of My Life" until like a day before they started shooting that end scene. Damn, that's crazy because <laughs> a lot of it I feel like is lined up real good. I know. With the song. Well, I think a lot of it, with choreography, you can kind of cheat. Like, if you know steps and beats, yeah, I think you can sort of, like, make sure that it will align at some point. But it's it was kind of funny seeing how, like, they were going through cassette by cassette to see, like, what songs they would like to choose for it. Yeah. Just, like, the, the visual of them putting a cassette in, being like, nope, and putting, like, it's just so, it was crazy. Right off the top, I do want to say, if you love Dirty Dancing or if I convince you to love it by the time you finished listening to this podcast, I highly recommend you check out the movies that made us on Netflix. I got a lot of my info on there, and it's a pretty, pretty awesome episode. If you're into Dirty Dancing, Patrick Swayze, the making of a movie that was very hard to make for many reasons, uh, I highly recommend that. Yeah, that series is fun. That's where I got a lot of my Home Alone info back when we did Home Alone last Christmas. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And before I get ahead of myself here, this movie was directed by Emil Ardolino, who we've spoken about earlier because he was the director of Sister Act. Oh, dip. Okay. Um, I freaking love this guy. He yeah, might is he your favorite filmmaker of all time? I think he might be my favorite, one of my favorite directors. I've never really had like a top five, but yeah, yeah. he's definitely like top three. I mean, he's responsible for two <laughs> of your most favorite things of all time. I know, and he's great with dance and musicals. Um, so yeah, Emil is definitely up there. This movie was written by Eleanor Bergstein who herself growing up was called baby until the age of like 22 or something. Oh, dip. It was choreographed by Kenny Ortega, which I did not realize until the opening credits when we were watching it. I don't know if you remember. I was like, how old is this guy? And it's because he choreographed and directed High School Musical. Oh, snap. <laughs> um, among many other things, but that's the, my first exposure to Kenny Ortega. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was kind of crazy to see him directing or choreographing this movie. Hey, man, you, you, you can get up in age and still choreograph. It's not, you know, you don't, you, your knees can go bad and you can tell other people how to dance. I know, but just like thinking Dirty Dancing in High School Musical, I don't think of like people being around yeah. for some reason. Like they're completely different <laughs> worlds yeah, yeah, to me. For sure. And yes, of course, this movie stars the beloved, fantastic forever handsome patrick swayze i still love you and i think you're handsome swayze. but patrick swayze pra- patrick swayze oh my god i think patrick swayze's handsome ah uh, yes Come on. <laughs> are you kidding me with this guy so starring patrick swayze jennifer gray jerry orbach and cynthia rhodes with of course appearances by wayne knight which you yeah. i'm sure oh, were yeah. happy to see i clocked that one hello newman jack weston kelly bishop which, if you were our fan of the Gilmore Girls, she is on. <laughs> Yo, I don't know. I, Gilmore Girls has to stop coming up because I don't know nothing about it. So before I dive way too deep into this movie with all the stuff that I learned and why I love it, I would love to know, Andy, your background with Dirty Dancing. My background of Dirty Dancing is that I have never seen it, which you know, but the audience may or may not know. I have seen the end dance sequence. Seven times, maybe. How many of 
those are me putting it on. Seven. <laughs> Damn, I was hoping at least like one of them wasn't me. No, I don't think I ever watched. The, I always knew what Dirty Dancing was, but I don't think I ever like looked up a scene from it. But I just always, since we started dating, you're always like, this is one of my favorite scenes ever. We got to watch it. You pulled <laughs> it up on YouTube so many times over the years. I did. I knew the exact way that this movie wraps up, but I didn't know anything leading up to it. It was one of those movies, it's kind of like Grease, where like, I've known about it as long as I could remember. As, like, as long as I went to school with, with girls, you know, then right. we were talking about Dirty Dancing. And I know I was joking about the Havana Nights, but I do remember, I guess six, that would have been sixth grade or something, when Dirty Dancing Havana Nights did come out. And then I remember like a bunch of the girls in middle school like talking mad shit, being like, that's not Dirty Dancing, <laughs> this is that, 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 kind of like what you were doing. <laughs> So that's why I was just laughing about it, being like, oh, it's the true sequel. And did you ever have any intention to watch it? Probably not. But then when I met you, I knew I would watch it eventually. So then I purposely never like went out of my way to look up what it's about. Okay. Or I just knew it was about Swayze and this girl and they do a big dance at the end. And like, that's all I knew. Actually, that's not true. I knew there was something... I think I knew there was some abortion stuff going on in this movie just okay. based on from pop culture, like here in you know, this podcast or something, someone talking about it. So I feel like I knew that and I knew that somebody says nobody puts a baby in a corner. <laughs> and my whole life I've been like, what the fuck could that mean? Because I didn't even know there was a character named Baby. So I was just like, I don't know. I, I always pictured like a like a toddler, like an actual baby, like put being put in the corner. <laughs> wow. That's so I so never weird. understood it. And then I got to say, after finally seeing it, it's still kind of a weird line. It still comes. I thought it was going to have way more significance. I know I'm jumping to the end, but I was just like, really? That, that <laughs> was like, it's like no one said it to him earlier. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a phrase that they bonded over. It was just. It's purely a line that was made popular by the people who love the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just no intention of making it. But even it. from like a writing standpoint, like I've never used that phrase before. And he just like, so as he says it with such confidence, like, no, to put the baby in the corner. I was like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and she was kind of sitting in the corner, too. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. At the table. But, yes, I, I just knew time of my life, dance sequence, and abortion, maybe, question mark. Abortion, maybe. What about you, Masha? This is, like, top two movies for you. Like, it's like, yeah. this is just direct two, I feel like. I think you might be right. So how did we get here? This is This is big. <sighs> I cannot tell you what, <laughs> at what age I, I watched this movie, uh -huh. but I can tell you I was young enough that I was still learning what sex was because I remember being so confused about the the abortion subplot. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's that's even what, beyond knowing what sex is. That's, yeah. You, that's some pretty adult. I, that, and I was going to actually bring that up when we talked about it, but now that I think about it, like how young all the girls in my school were that talked about this movie all the time, mm -hmm. I was just like, now after seeing it, I was like, fuck me like they all watch that shit like yeah. this isn't like you know Greece was one thing with it's like <laughs> innuendos but this shit was yeah this was like straight in brutal. your face even though they never like directly said it i feel like they still sort of brushed on it it almost made it worse <laughs> you think so yeah kind of like it was like so so unsettling no nobody could even talk about it yeah, yeah. true but yeah, I the father uses the word butchered, like or like you got that butcher in there or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh fuck. You know. It's weird because I can remember how those parts of the movie made me feel as a kid. Because I remember they described, you know, like he was a dirty guy with a knife and blah blah blah. Yeah. Like I didn't really 
understand like w- how it would hurt her but like oh. it just made me feel a certain way and i was just, i just was so confused yeah, but yeah. i didn't like ask my mom about it it's kind of weird uh-huh. <laughs> and then later on as i grew older and kept revisiting the movie it finally clicked mm-hmm. but yeah i must have been super young when i saw this movie i do think that i did see ghost first and my mom was a huge patrick swayze fan so i'm pretty sure she's the reason why i know of patrick swayze saw this movie and ghost it's yeah. just like i'm sure there are a ton of moms that have kids that are my age that had a crush on patrick swayze you know what i mean like oh for I just, sure i love patrick swayze i'm pretty sure my mom introduced me to him and this movie in addition to that we already d- talked about on this podcast how much I love dance and musical theater. And I think this is one of those dance movies that even if you don't like dance, you can still get into the story. Yeah. Like, yes, dance is a part of it, but it's actually like helping tell the story and it's part of it rather than being about the dance. Yeah, for Cause sure. Because there's so many other elements and themes that are covered in this movie. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll, we'll, we'll get into it deeper, but I just love how dance is used in this movie because it's beautiful on its own and then it's beautiful how it's incorporated in the storytelling. Yeah. And I just love the discussion of different classes of people mm-hmm. and how that's addressed in this movie. I, I just think that it's one of those movies where it's not just about one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like on this podcast, a lot of my movies are just so simplistic and about one thing that I love. But this one's one of those where it's like, damn, like we can really like tear this apart and talk about like so many different topics. Yeah. Um, I noticed and I know you didn't do this on purpose, but the way I like to pick my movie sometimes piggybacking off the themes of your last one uh-huh. you kind of did that here because this and attack the block are both kind of about oh, you know snap. looking at people from a different you know side of the tracks and putting on your initial judgments on them whether good or bad and then mm. and then not you know not actually getting to know them as a person so it's like everyone assumes these harvard boys are are, are good kids and that this guy's a piece of shit and the same way they looked at Moses and the crew as pieces of shit. And they looked at Sam as, as a white person. So that way they should rob her because she probably has tons of money. Right. So you, oh, man. You, you did a thematic connection. I can't believe it subconsciously. Yeah. That's awesome. Go me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my, my background of the film, really. But before we dive in, I thought it was really interesting that the writer of this movie claims that it's not based on her, but there are just so many characteristics that her and baby share uh-huh in like addition to her yeah baby she would often go up to the cat skills with her parents her dad was a doctor they were really close she did dirty dance like in basements <laughs> and stuff like i, they, I would actually they call it we, we do dirty dance <laughs> i think so well when she met with the producer of this movie linda gottlieb Um, who at the time had a deal with MGM to produce a bunch of movies, she had told her about like, yeah, I used to do Dirty Dancing. And she was like, hold up, stop right there. That's the name of the movie. And then it like kind of worked from there. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, like Dirty Dancing is mad catchy, right? Like, how can you deny it? (laughs) But it's pretty funny, too, because back in the day, I guess in the 80s when this was being produced, it came across as like a porn film title. Oh, really? So actually throughout production, I think it was addressed as dancing production. Like, <laughs> so that way the crew wasn't like, are we filming a porn? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so. That definitely had to happen because you, you're talking about how this was the 
best first VHS to sell a million copies or whatever. You know, the VHS rental market that was with all the porn was in the back of the back of the store. <laughs> yep. So I think just the porn VHS market was so high at the time that they were probably like this, this might get confused as one of those <laughs> exactly yeah. that's exactly what they said and then the poor you know porno company that has to make the porn version of it what do they call it oh my god yeah. dancing dirty like, what do you call it <laughs> Dance- oh my god what a challenge yeah, for them yeah, exactly but like i said at the top the odds against this movie being made were ridiculous yeah like what so what was like the story did like the writer sell the script did the director like find the script like how did this yeah so the producer and the writer met and they teamed up they're like yeah we're doing this film they needed to get it approved by the mgm president before they can get started pitched it to the president he loved it he got fired the next day (laughs) (laughs) and then they were like all right MGM's not going to do it. The producer has the rights for like a year. Like if she get, gets it made in a year, she gets to keep the rights. Yeah. So be, she basically tried and pitched it to all of the studios in Hollywood and nobody would take it. They were like, it's too girly of a film. Huh. Um, like they wanted to do like Top Gun. And like, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, dirty yeah. dancing. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> female lead, you know, like who are they going to sell it to? They just couldn't see like how it could get made. And what ended up happening was there was this distribution company in Stamford, Connecticut named Vestron Pictures. And at the time, they saw themselves as being sort of squeezed out of the distribution market because the studios were starting to be like, we can just make our own cassettes and distribute them ourselves. Yeah. So they saw that and they were like, okay, let's just produce our own movies And so they started reading scripts and a lot of them admittedly were scripts that other like the major studios were like rejecting. Uh And the I guess SVP of production there came across Dirty Dancing, read it and loved it and then called the producer and were like, we'd love to make your movie. And it, it was so it was like the first film that this distribution company had ever made. Nobody knew what they were doing. And they were like, all right, let's just go. And they fucking got a gold hit on their hands. Yeah, I know. Next step was finding a director. And they came across Amilo. And he had never directed a feature film before. He had just won an Oscar, though, for a short film documentary. Mm-hmm. I I think they were drawn to the fact that his documentary had been about a dancer. And Uh. so they thought that he'd be really great with like shooting dance and knowing that. And, but the issue there was since he was a first time feature film director, they had to convince the executives at this company, like that he could do the job, Uh brought him in. They asked him what his vision was and he literally had a panic attack and the meeting ended and then they were like, you know what? Like, let's just give it a shot. Whatever. It's fine. Damn. <laughs> I thought panic attack would get fired immediately. I, I know. I think everyone had just so much faith in him. And it's kind of crazy. Like, what a story to have a panic attack and still be given the chance. Seriously, bananas. <laughs> uh, thank God, because I feel like if that didn't happen, then Sister Act wouldn't, like, he wouldn't have directed <laughs> no, that, you know? Not. Like. Then there'd be no sister act too. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and theory here before I, in case I forget to include it when we cover sister act two. But when he won the Oscar for his documentary, I think that that moment was inspired the winning moment in sister act two. 
like visually speaking. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Because literal kids came up on stage with him in all different colors and sequences and like they handed him handed him the trophy and it just looked like wow. Sister Act the ending of Sister Act 2. That's cool. I don't know if that's true or not and it's totally off topic, but that's my theory. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just wanted to throw it out there before I forgot. But yeah, he had a panic attack, but they were like no matter what, like or they were like, "You know what? Just give it to him." And the writer of this movie, on top of that, had written out specific songs that she wanted in this movie. And, of course, a lot of them are throwback songs from the time. Yeah. And they had no luck getting any of the rights with their music supervisor. Mm-hmm. And so up to, like, the day that they needed to shoot, they didn't have music. Like, Damn. the rights to anything. Wow. <laughs> it was too expensive to shoot in the Catskills. They only had $4 million. So they ended up shooting this in both Virginia and North Carolina. Props to the the production design team. They just made sure that the lampposts used in both locations, like, tied it together so you could never tell they were shot in two completely yeah. different states. Even just... From a regular standpoint, I mean, the movie didn't look that cheap. Like, they had a good amount of extras, like, a good amount of set dressings in different areas. Yeah. So, good for them. They only had, like, two weeks to rehearse, and I think, like, a 30-day shoot schedule. Like, real, it was tight. Yeah. Just to cover the surface, there were a lot of hurdles (laughs) that they needed to jump through. For sure, for sure. Or dance through. I guess so. (laughs) What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score was? Oh, I'm going to go... 84 critics, 91 audience. Very close on the audience score. Ooh. 90% audience, 69% critics. Damn. I had a feeling it wasn't going to be that high, but that's, that's lower than I thought. This actually reminds me. So when they got a first cut of this movie in, the production company wanted to bring in a Hollywood producer to get their opinion on it. Mm-hmm. They brought in this guy, Aaron Russo. Okay. He produced Trading Places. Oh, nice. And... They had him watch a screening of the first cut of the movie. And he told them after watching the movie to burn the negatives and collect the insurance. Oh. He thought it was awful and would never, like, it was the beginning of the end for them. Burn. Look at us now, Russo. <laughs> All right, I don't know if you get to say us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you had anything to do with us. <laughs> I, I bought, I bought, I rented. I rented, I, I bought. I'm part of I this. Bought, I bought, I watched on, on HBO. <laughs> I have a subscription. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so I think not many people had hopes in this movie, but when they put it in front of a thousand people just to see like what the people's reactions would be, apparently there was like thunderous applause and like people were crazy about yeah. it in that first screening and that finally gave them the confidence to be like, all right. Your Hollywood suits are wrong again. <laughs> Yeah, you can't say no to the sways. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Jesus Christ. How dare they? I'm so upset. (laughs) This happened years ago. (laughs) You met at one guy. Uh, And also, is that like a common thing studios could do? What? Burn the negatives and collect the insurance? No, I don't think so. I think that was more like a saying. That's mad shady. Before we dive in, what did you think about... I mean, besides the amazing Patrick Swayze, the um, what do you think about the casting of this film? I've never seen 
Jennifer Gray outside of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I was going to ask if you recognized her from yeah. that. Yeah, and also Good from the you. amount of times that I've seen the end of this movie, I didn't recognize her from that. I felt like she looked mad different at the end with all the makeup and, and hair. Oh. So it wasn't... All those times I didn't know that that's who that was. Wow. I just thought it was some actress I never saw before and then it started here and I was like, is that Ferris Bueller's older sister? <laughs> and it was. Why don't you go home? Why don't you put your thumb up your butt? Uh, yeah, casting was good. Uh, I can't believe Newman was in something. <laughs> I, I thought I knew all his major roles, and I've never seen anything earlier than Seinfeld. Nice. Everything I'd known him from was like after the success of Seinfeld. So that was pretty cool to see Newman in this, and that he looked the same once again. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I'll be honest, I forgot he was in this. So I was, I was like, ooh, Brandy. You forgot Newman? He's everywhere. I know. But it's funny because Patrick and Jennifer were in a movie before this together. Oh, really? They were in a movie called Red Dawn. Oh, snap. Yeah, I know Red Dawn. Oh, you do? Yeah, I've never seen it, but I know it oh. is. Oh. But yeah, they had been on that together and apparently did not have a great experience. So they hated each other. Oh. Jennifer was like, I don't want you to cast him. Like when they really wanted her Damn. for the role, she kind of fought for that. And really at this time, it was down to two girls and two guys, Patrick and Billy Zane. Uh-huh. And then uh, Jennifer Grey. 1987, and- Billy Zane. Yeah. I can't picture it. And uh, Jen- Jessica Parker. Was Sarah the, Jessica Parker? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Jessica Parker. <laughs> In the documentary episode that I mentioned at the top, they were showed the casting tapes and Billy Zane's dancing was pretty bad. Oh, <laughs> Zane couldn't do it? He couldn't do it. it the hip thrust looks so awkward. It's funny like how if you just put somebody else to do the same thing, how awkward it could look yeah because like i i never questioned patrick swayze's dancing no it's no matter so how crazy the moves are yeah because yeah. there are some crazy moves in this movie yeah, yeah but he's a swayze <laughs> you gotta be crazy to cushion but yeah billy zane's hips don't move the same oh, way oh man but it did come down to patrick and jennifer and what ended up happening was patrick had a conversation with jen on the side for like an hour or so and then they came out and they were like okay we're gonna do this uh, so they put their differences aside for who just i mean thank the lord gave her the old johnny castle yeah but yeah that's about it on terms of background info i'm so curious to know your thoughts and like what stuck out to you so let's just dive in for those listening at home i think we're just going to forgo no spoilers this week and just dive into the whole movie yeah you ready to have the time of your life i'm Ready to discuss the plot. Right off the bat, and I said I didn't know much about this movie. Had no idea it was a period piece. Ooh. It made the it made the title instantly make sense. Because I mean, I always get dirty dancing. It's like sexy dancing. But also, like most dancing in the eighties was like sexy dancing. <laughs> like, we were already we were dirty dancing as a nation back oh, yeah. then. But to make it set in the sixties, it immediately gave it that vibe of like, oh, the. These are like the rebellious change in, you know, it's going to be the old stuffy ways of the 40s and 50s versus like the new age kind of like sexual revolution style right, of right. America. So that was pretty cool. So I mean, I was like, oh, I get it. So they're going to be like the dirty dancers when everyone else is like stuffy dancers. Oh, yeah. 
That was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. And did you like how it took place in the Catskills? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you know, we're huge Mrs. Maisel fans. Oh, my God. And so to have, you probably extra loved that whole Catskill season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It had, it had dirty dancing vibes. You want some lemonade? No, I don't want any fucking lemonade. Does it look like I'm sitting here thinking about some goddamn ass licking cock sucking dick whacking lemonade? Yo, I call Catskills white people camp. And it, <laughs> at the same time, looks super corny, but like, there's like a small part of me. I'm like, oh, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, it does <laughs> like, look fun. Fun place to be for the summer. It does look mad fun. And I feel like... I mean, don't get me wrong. It looks real corny. But oh, it yeah, also absolutely. looks like kind of fun. Yeah, like the group Simon Says. Yeah, adults yeah. playing Simon Says. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it, just, it seems like a, like a place where like people who lack creativity would go. Like You just <laughs> kind of like they tell you. It's, it's like a cruise without be, uh, being on the water. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I guess people were allowed longer vacations back in the day. I, I mean, I assume you had some money to do this. So I don't, I don't think these were like janitors and shit who were going up there. True. <laughs> I think I think you kind of had the kind of gig in the money where you can walk away for a while. Yeah. Um, I will throw one piece of criticism right off the bat. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Because <laughs> the movie starts off with it. If you're only going to have one line of narration, figure out a different way to get that out there. Oh, you're you're talking about when babies like it was the time before Kennedy got shot. You're talking about that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Either either you're gonna do either do narration throughout the whole, like, or you know, periodically check in on us, yeah. or figure out a different way to get that information out to us. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, I had a feeling. I was like, I feel like this movie's not narrated. So I wrote it down. I was like, if they don't narrate again for the rest of the movie, oh, make no. a note. <laughs> you know, because all, all they really tell you is like with a time period and that her nickname is Baby. And I'm like, we could have got that out in someone else's dialogue somehow. Yeah, yeah I agree. I really don't think it was needed. Yeah, it's not a huge piece of criticism. I'm just saying like, if I was go, if I was an executive doing a pass, that'd yeah. be my note. I'd be like, can we? Yeah, I guess. But I think that they were sort of hoping that people would automatically like cling to that time, you yeah. know? Because I think it did, like a lot of people watching this are like, oh yeah, the good old days. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or they just made the whole movie without realizing, like, yo, we never, like, really established when or where this takes place. <laughs> that too. You know, or, that like, too. why we call her base. So then they were like, let's just get her in the booth, you know? I remember trying to wrap my head around the fact that her name or people called her Baby. Yeah. So weird still to this day, I think. But what I do love about Baby is that it makes, or the name Baby, is that it automatically, like, gets rid of that barrier. It breaks the ice automatically. Like, if you're calling someone Baby... You're going to feel closer to them than you would like if I just met you and said, hey, Andy, how are you? Yeah, I guess If I so, say, yeah. hey, baby, how are you? I'm going <laughs> to hey, feel baby. like I could say more to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it almost, it almost has like two meanings too because like in the beginning, she's a super innocent, like mm -hmm. not caged in, but like a very, you know, upper middle class girl with not a lot of experiences, like kind of like never really broke out of her little bubble. So yeah. she is like a baby in that sense where she hasn't seen the world. But then later she's like sexy and kind of like in control. And she's like, baby, like what a baby. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. so she, she kind of like doubles up on the meanings of babies. Baby, baby. So how did it, uh, how did you even get, get into watching Baby Driver? If, if there's a whole movie with another character oh. named Baby, where you're just like, fuck this. No, no, <laughs> that was completely different. But I mean, it was not really. His name wasn't Baby and that was well, his nickname. Well, maybe because it was a guy. Like it was just like, I, I separated them. I didn't really have any conflicts. Baby. B-A-B-Y. And it was a good movie. If it was a bad movie, then I'd be like, all right. Oh, yeah. It's a great not. movie. What is your name? Baby. Wait, what? Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y, Baby. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, should I should I follow up your baby movie with my Ooh. baby movie? And then I'll find a baby movie, and, baby then, vers- and then we watch it? Baby's Day Out, and then we, <laughs> <laughs> and then we watch Three Men and a Baby, <laughs> and then we watch. Oh, that has Travolta and dancing and dancing. Yeah, dancing's better than Travolta. <gasps> I can't even challenge that because I don't know for a fact if the opposite is true. I mean, take Greece out of the equation. <laughs> I don't even think you love Travolta. <gasps> Andy, take Greece out of the equation. Oh, tell me what he's done that's <laughs> what, uh, that you enjoy. All right, Duh. all right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> when we get introduced to Swayze Oof. at the Catskills, yo, double duty sunglasses mm. at night indoors. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> who can pull that the out? confidence you gotta have like it's one thing to be like it's hot it's outside you come inside you don't take them off right away night is ultimate confidence but night indoors i know they made a whole song about that in the 80s it kills me that patrick swayze did not want to be known as the dancer guy in hollywood like he when they were casting him he did not have he said no dancing on his resume not because he couldn't dance what's his background he's a professional dancer oh uh, i mean that makes sense because i was like if you <laughs> i thought he didn't yeah. dance at all he's like i don't want to be a dancer guy like, don't worry like, <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> no he just didn't want to be known as that guy like he what? his mom was a dance teacher he danced professionally at a ballet company and just he wanted to make himself known as like a hardcore like actor how can you just with, choose to withhold your gift from the people? Yeah. I'm glad he was convinced to do this. Because but he's, yeah. I mean, he's such a fucking renaissance man that he's like crushed it in every genre. Mm. Not, not the ghost of romantic comedy, but like he's whatever the hell ghost is, like a supernatural, <laughs> you know, half funny, half dramatic romance movie. Yeah. To this straight up dance, to fucking point break where you're doing action. Yeah. And outsiders. Yeah, outsiders where you're just like beating the shit out of your little brother. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. When you showed me him in Outsiders, I was blown Slays. away. Or Roadhouse where you're just breaking kneecaps. Oh. Not that that's a classic, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the chemistry between him and Cynthia Rhodes, who plays Penny, his dance partner, is not talked about a- nearly enough. Oh, because yeah. I think they're a great match. Yeah, they dance partner. Yeah, wise. they were like uh, Fred Astaire and what's her face? Yeah, they're like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers over here. Yeah, I thought she was great. And it's funny, I, I went into a little black hole here, but I discovered that her and Patrick <laughs> knew each it's other before this. <laughs> black hole's like nothing. <laughs> they knew each other because they worked on a to the toto music video for rosanna oh so if you want to see patrick swayze in a music video with cynthia rhodes check that music video out (laughs) but they just look so good together on the dance floor and let's talk about this like underground in quotes like dance you talking about like where the dirty dancing goes down or where the, the where we first meet Swayze when they're performing for the oh, white sorry. people? Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's talk about that first. The um, white, white oh, people performance? There's so much to talk about. <laughs> oh. Okay. This place is cool. I like the tap dancing guys, but I was like, yo, this whole place feels kind of cotton clubby to me where they got black people tap dancing for all these rich white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, eek. I was like, yeah. where are the penguins from Roger Rabbit up in here? Uh. Yeah, that was... I forgot about that. Yeah. Because I, I do the classic skip to my favorite part, so I completely did not remember That's that hilarious. at all. Uh, I don't know. That's all I want to say. 
I was like, I was like, this tap dance is cool, but it's getting a little, yeah. it's getting a little warm under the collar in this room. It it is, it is. I mean, that's the the time too. It's kind of. Oh yeah, the sixties. Oh, forget yeah. about it. Dude. They would turn the hose on that guy. That's why I was so surprised to see black people in this movie. Oh, they were only in the dirty dancing area. Oh yeah, because they were they only worked at the 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 resort, but still, like to see them with the other like white their white counterparts. Yeah, I mean they're all weird. yeah they're all just low class trash yeah. compared to the uh, the white people camp patrons. Right. Well, that and on top of that, I was surprised to see interracial dirty dancing. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Once we're introduced to Patrick Swayze and Cynthia Rhodes, they're giving, they're basically showing off the dance classes that are, that they offer throughout the many activities that are offered at this resort. Yeah. But uh, what do you think about the sort of like workers quarters, dirty dancing scene? Oh, uh, that, that was dope. I mean, even before that, like we set the tone of the whole like class differences of even all the waiters at this club are kind of like, I don't know if they're necessarily the sons of, of the people who go there, but they're all like well-to-do kind of Harvardy type kids. Right. And then the entertainment staff is kind of like the low, dirty kind of gang. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I enjoyed that where they, they started pl- planting the seats early where, you know, like Swayze talks to the one guy and he's like, why don't you blah, 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 and get a real, do the real work or whatever. Right. Leave the real work to us is what he says. Yes, yes. So that was interesting. And then, yeah, we get with Baby seeing the uh, the workers' quarters. First of all, I just got to comment on those weird-ass long watermelons. Oh, yeah. What's up with those, huh? <laughs> I have no Catskill idea. Shit? Is that, I, that, those are the longest, ovaliest watermelons I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> The props guy was like, all right, I know these awesome watermelons that I could bring in. Well, he, they were like, listen, we need someone to hold three watermelons. But when they're when they're round, it's real hard to do. <laughs> can you can you do a baguette style? And he was like, baguette style. And he was like, I'm on it. <laughs> and he came out. That's the only thing I can guess. But yeah, she carries the watermelons in. And then, yeah, the dirty dancing scene. This is when I also was getting the connections to my mind to Greece as well. Where Greece was kind of like a a throwback to an old time, but then they showed you like how dirty and sexy everybody was really getting, even though on the surface like it was like it's the fifties, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, this is actually to me, in my like to me very similar to that. Where now we're see- we're seeing a very clean, sanitized version of the dance they do in front of the general public for their job. But then when they get to dance, it's like this grind, like they're grinded on each other and like, you know, yeah, doing stuff that would be looked at like so unseemly in the public eye, especially in the 60s. Right. But it's still skilled dance at the oh, same for time sure, for sure. too. It's even more skilled. I mean, the, the, the boring dance they've been doing, it was cool, but like it was just very, very safe. And just, right, right. Yeah. You were talking about how the waiters are these like educated like harvard law students or whatever and the entertainers are the bums yep i kind of i don't know if this is on purpose but i mean it's a reflection of our society too and how we sort of you know parents don't want their aren't encouraging their kids to grow up and become artists and dancers you know Mm -hmm. they're just kind of like you need to grow up and be a lawyer and blah 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 so it's like also reflected here and what the hell like Tons of skill is put into being an artist and a dancer. Yeah, for so sure. It's sort of silly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, underground dirty dancing, which the director purposefully did not let Jennifer see the rehearsals for this. So part of her acting was a genuine reaction to seeing all of this grinding going on. <laughs> Damn. So 
how did that even work? Because, I mean, wouldn't she need to be rehearsing for her own dance skills? I She rehearsed her part with Patrick Swayze. Oh, uh, okay. But, but when she initially walks in with the baguette watermelons yeah. and baguette. is watching, <laughs> you know, everybody dance, like that was oh, dope, dope. a genuine yeah. reaction. And I think this was like the dirtiest of the dancing. Like mm-hmm. this scene is like when they're really they're gyrating. Yeah, yeah. And I love the POV shot. I know this is a podcast, but... To describe it, it's Patrick Swayze holding Cynthia, and he's like, it looks like he's penetrating, like it looks like a porno shot. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just the camera angles are very deliberate. They're very deliberate. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I love the detail. I was that. waiting for a POV from his pelvis, just, you know, <laughs> just like bah bah, just all over the place. <laughs> that was a lot. Some of my notes are literally like, I wrote Swayze brings the ruckus. <laughs> And then I wrote, Swayze is too much, man. This hip gyrating scene, this little girl can't <laughs> handle it. And I was like, because she's so, Jennifer Grey is so small compared to him. Yeah. And like knowing that she's like only 17 and like who knows how old this guy is, 25 maybe. Yeah. So I was just like, this is, this is too much. <laughs> like we got to wrap this up, people. This is crazy. I, I mean, they were both playing way older, like, or playing way younger than they were. Like, Jennifer was 27 playing a 17-year-old. Yeah. Patrick Swayze, I forget how old he was, but he was only 10 years younger than the person playing her mom. You wow. know, like, yeah, yeah. the ages were all over the place, which I seem, I, I think is pretty consistent. But with. I could see Swayze <laughs> playing, like, 24 in this. Mm-hmm. Like, that was what I put him as. What do you think he is? Like the character, not oh not the, the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, would, I think that's like about twenty four. Right. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like he can't be too much older than her. But like, hey, even twenty four like, to seventeen is kind of crazy. Maybe he's like twenty one, twenty two. No, he had to be a little, or maybe I guess it's because like the cause working th- hard that makes him seem. Yeah, older. that was like the old days. Like he definitely didn't go to college, so yeah. like he was like, that. That if he was twenty two, that means he was already four years like out of high school into the workforce. Like mm-hmm. I can see it. And yeah. he was talking about like how his dad was giving him shit about like. I'll go get a job here. I forget what he said. Uh, it's like some construction company yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. So he was just. I, I feel like he was still like young enough where his parents were like, "Dude, you've been since high school. You haven't done anything real, you know." Mm-hmm. But yeah, the okay. dan- the dancing and all that scene was really dope. You know, so just like the way the wait staff and all those other people looked down on the dancers. What? Sorry, what was the woman's name? The Patrick Swayze's dance partner in the movie? Penny. Penny. Penny specifically, but even some of the other dancers like immediately do the same thing to baby where they're just mm-hmm. like oh little rich girl over here like get the fuck out of here like you don't know what we're like yeah because that, that one scene was pretty interesting where you know baby's talking to penny and saying how you know like i envy you and all this stuff and meanwhile like you know she knows nothing about how hard this woman's life is <laughs> and it's more like the idea she likes the idea of who she is but she doesn't understand the hardship that comes with it you know yes. like she's almost resenting her own kind of comfort in life and being <laughs> like oh i wish i was you like this cool starving artist who's a beautiful dancer and meanwhile she's like you don't even like i got more problems than you could ever <laughs> she doesn't understand. even like pay her any mind yeah, like, i know right, and i'm lady. like yo she's like i gotta dance to live and i just got knocked up and you mm-hmm. know like all this wild shit baby's pretty naive but it's not really her fault too she's yeah sort she of means ins- well yeah it's so cool the way they made her likable. Like she wasn't the sort of naive that was like annoying. You or know, like I, yeah, or she talked down to anybody. Exactly. Like it was always it was always out of curiosity or a true misunderstanding. It was never kind of there was no nefariousness to her. Right. Asshole, like whenever she was being kind of a dick. So when it came to Penny, like her discovering Penny's situation, 
by seeing her crying on the floor. She genuinely wanted to help this woman. Yeah. She had just met, really. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, interesting because, you know, and early on we, we see, like, how close she is with her father and that, like, you know, he's the greatest man, no, mm-hmm. no, this and that. And it's it's cool where as the movie goes on, we can see, like, true differences between her and her dad in terms of things they believe, but, like, their core characteristics of, like, wanting to help Mm. is like she got that from him and it's it's a cool way to look at like the way you learn from your parents Mm. where you're never gonna be exactly the same person as they are and nor really i don't think you should be i think everyone should be their own person but there are like these core things that even you can butt heads on so many topics but like just core stuff that you learn from good parents you know and so like that's kind of what she gets from her dad too like that even when her dad is like disgusted and doesn't want anything to do with any of this he still does the right thing at the end of the day and like so that's cool that she got that from him yeah i love that and i love this guy who plays her dad i knew him from law and order growing up oh really yeah that's funny (laughs) but i think their relationship the scene that they have at the gazebo sort of after he after they've gone through you know her whole involvement with the whole situation and him being disappointed in her it's just it really makes me tear up every time i see that scene because I, I think the acting is so good. It could have been played in a way where he's just angry, but he's genuinely like hurt and hears her. Yeah. And without saying anything, I just think it's a huge testament to the actor in this in this scene for both on both of their parts. Yeah. And I can see it too. Like I, I'm watching it at this age, like I can understand kind of both the characters' points of view. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I I gotta imagine if you do have a kid, there's always gonna be that point. Not that every kid's going to do bad things when they're a teenager, but there's always going to be that point where they stop being, like, your little kid. And they start to grow up out of that. And it's got to be a hard thing to deal with. So, like, he's dealing with that, but he's also, from the outside, just being, like, she's mixing in with these people that I don't, I'm not really, I don't like what they're about. (laughs) And then on top of that is the abortion stuff and, and, uh, you know, getting pregnant. So, I can understand, like, why he's he's so concerned. So, he's not just, like, a villain father where you're just like, oh, he's the asshole. She has to overcome it, you know? But she's challenging him, too, right? And his views on those people. Yeah. So, I think he... When you come to that point when you realize your kid isn't your, like, a kid anymore, you also have to come to the fact that your kids can point out things about you that you might not have realized and that's a hard thing from personal experience for for parents to realize oh yeah likewise likewise (laughs) so i i thought that was beautifully crafted um in terms of their relationship in that scene and i find it hilarious that he loves babies so much but like with his other daughter he's just like oh yeah mad cold And it isn't until baby pisses him off that he starts putting an interest in his other daughter. And I'm like, yo, that girl's going to fucking grow up with a weird complex. Yo. You know, like she's going to like always find herself not good enough for, you know, like just it's always awful. seeking daddy's approval and shit. I was like, yeah, yo, you're not that good of a dad. Yeah. <laughs> you got two kids. <laughs> and baby's younger than her. I know. Come on. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> but um, yeah, with this whole with Penny getting pregnant. And and to snowball it in with this whole talk with the dad, like the fact that she's a like she has such good standing with her dad that she gets two hundred fifty dollars of nineteen sixty nineteen sixties money mm-hmm. on like good faith, and I'm like, yo, that's bananas, and it, and it does it shows you just how strong of a bond like she's breaks basically not breaking but testing right. by by doing all this behind his back stuff. 
And, uh, you know, later when she needs help again, and then she's like, I can't tell you what it's, why? And I was like, yo, you don't get to do that twice. Cringe. You don't get to say that the first time and then have it be for a fucking botched abortion and then say that same phrase again. Like, you know, I just, I I can't tell you what it's for. I can't tell you. It's like, last time you couldn't tell me, it was the worst thing I could have imagined. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awful. I think the scary part, too, is knowing that Penny got knocked up by this douchebag yeah. and that your sister is actively trying to lose her virginity to. Yeah, baby's also kind of a bad sister. <laughs> I feel like this whole family is giving this girl the shaft. Mm. And I'm just like, yo, like help her out. Like this dude's like probably a rapist. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's I the vibe I got. I know the movie well. didn't really say it, but it's like the sixties. Like I can see Absolutely. I can see some forcing going on with this what was his name, Rob or whatever. Robbie. Yeah. And like I know you can't tell all of their business to your sister, but, like, tell that part. I know. Just like, yo, he just knocked up this, like, you know, like, ugh, it's crazy. What a douchebag. Giving her a book where he's like, oh, or when he was like, some people count and some people don't. Yeah, yeah. He was totally a racist on top of that. Oh. On top of being a classist. <laughs> Minimum, dude. I could see I could see him actively participating in in, like, breaking up. The protests of the 60s, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Like, as, as a, just a concerned citizen, just being like, oh, yeah, no, I'll grab a bat and get out there, like, <sighs> help help cleanse some fucking justice, you piece Douche of shit. Douchebag Robbie. Um, <laughs> but, yo, in general, man, like, even though I knew this movie had something to do with an abortion, I was not ready for, <laughs> like, a bloody botched abortion that some amateur dude with, like, a knife said, I could do it for 250 Yeah. That shit was scarring man that was fucked up again like Little girls are watching this movie i know that's what i'm saying like that's kind of messed up right it's like <laughs> even when it's up pg-13 i was like really a little well, bit r it actually originally got an r rating but the producer knew the president of the mpaa and i think she said something like if i get rid of an F word and two shits. Like, can we get a PG thirteen? Wow. And he was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "No, nah, it's 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 the it's the bloody abortion <laughs> that, that we got the problem with." Yeah, it's uh. it's tough, and it's funny too because the budget of this movie was so low, but it was costly for this distribution studio, and for they sure. had secured a sponsor for the movie. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it was Clarisil because they thought, you know, like, let's market this to teenagers for acne. Yeah. So they were going to, like, have a thing, a sample of acne on, like, every VHS tape. Something weird like that. I love you said a sample of acne. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Get this on your face. <laughs> then come buy a product. Whatever lotion or whatever they, ha- they acne have. Acne cream or something. Acne cream. There, there we go. go. I never used acne cream. Me neither. I never had it. Whoa. Look at us. Hey. Bunch hey. of clear skin cool kids. <laughs> So Clarisil hopped on as a uh, sponsor, but once they saw the movie, they were like, ooh, this abortion thing is a lot. <laughs> it's not even abortion. It's a weirdo with a knife. Like, it's... Yeah. Yo. Well, their their thing was a abortion, and I think, like, Reagan was president during... The, like, uh, it was a very was conservative time. He was not happy. So they were like... They, they literally... The studio called... The studio. The distribution company called the writer... And I think the director or whatever. And they were like, can we cut abortion from this movie? And the writer was literally like, if you cut up abortion, there's no reason for for baby to try and get dance. Le- like there's it cuts out the whole story. Yeah. Like there's no it, it. 
the complications between baby and her dad won't wouldn't exist um her filling in for penny like what's the reason there yeah. like there's no way no nah. so they had to lose a sponsor <laughs> yeah you gotta lose this you can't lose abortion i mean that's how do you cut around that for me, that's what I'm going to remember going forward is the bloody abortion. Oh, I, mean, no. it's, it's the, it's, I didn't realize how scarring it would it's be the for new you. Clay, it's the new clay make scene from Ghost. It's, it's the one thing I'm going to remember from this movie. Oh, damn. I think it was a bloody abortion movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. <laughs> they got a knife, dude. A rusty knife in the 60s in the woods. Jesus. And you think I'm fucked up for watching Jason movies. This is crazy, Masha. Yeah. This oh, is sorry. crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, I didn't think it was... It's not worse than a Jason movie. Jason's never performed an abortion with his machete in the woods. He's murdered. And, like, blood everywhere. Here you, like, have the thought of blood. It's like Silence of the Lambs. Like, you... The they tell you is, what happens. The mind is strong. <laughs> in Jaws, you don't see that shark that much, but you fucking picture it. Oh, I don't want to watch it. Oh, wait. I can watch Jaws then. Yeah. Yeah. So I can handle that. Uh, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the description of how that guy handled and and uh, their friend who was like, "I tried to get in. I tried, Johnny." Yeah. What did the guy do? Locked the goddamn. It was a nightmare. It was yeah. a horror scene. Yeah. That is kind of scary how he locked her in there. What the hell? That was Saw. You just watched a Saw movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Poor Penny. I think she's like she went through a lot in this movie. Out of everybody? Are you kidding me? Yeah, forget about <laughs> it. It was cool to see the her and Johnny's relationship. I feel like you don't get that in movies a lot. Like the the way that they're like they used to date, but they still like are in each other's lives, and like mm. they clearly each other's like most important person. But I feel like movies are always afraid to do that without making them like lovers at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just like a cool like mature look at at, at some shit like that, right? You yeah. know, because that does happen. So it was, it was cool. Absolutely. I think Johnny's looking out for a lot of the staff here. Oh, yeah. Like, he's the reason why a lot of them have jobs there. So I think on top of the pressure of him making money, he sort of, you know, has that added pressure of looking out for other people, which really makes him stand out as a leader for this group. So Baby has to fill in for Penny um, for this other gig that Johnny's trying to secure. Yeah. And this is where my favorite part, the dance sequences come up this is where with you all start the, the rehearsing. Movie. Yeah, this is where I start the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like how the different ways in which they shoot the learnings of the music, uh, of the dances, the choreography, and just how real it all feels and part of that is the fact that jennifer's not a dancer patrick swayze is and so a lot of them working with each other and the frustration that patrick swayze has on camera was real and i think that it's really a credit to the director because he he does have a documentary background so a lot of the times he would just leave the camera rolling and so a lot of our favorite shots and moments in this movie are moments that were never planned for oh that's cool so for example the iconic baby putting her arm up and giggling as patrick swayze puts her uh puts his hand down her arm completely like they just let the camera roll and what had happened just before then is jennifer was complaining 
and she, that she wanted like a cheese platter uh-huh. and they were like okay we we're in the middle of like the woods like we can't get you a cheese yeah. platter right now we got to keep rolling and so they kept trying to film the shot and she kept giggling oh and that's like it it was just you know one of those moments that's hilarious <laughs> i never knew because i've only ever seen the end of the movie i never i always knew that arm pose but i didn't know it had like a comedic angle to it of her getting like tickled each time mm-hmm. and getting better at it i only knew like the final like super serious look how beautiful we are <laughs> that's how that's exactly how it went that's what it's conveying god and even the the scene where they are lip syncing to a song yeah that was them fooling around really? it was never intended to be part of the movie so it's just it's just beautiful <laughs> <laughs> the montages were cool too because i feel like jennifer gray got to show off a little bit of like her physical comedy-ness because and that in her first answer she's trying to learn it's just a lot of like bumbling around and, and tripping over herself but you could tell that she's got some comedy chops oh yeah yeah oh i feel like she her look reminded me if they remade this which they shouldn't uh of jenny slate who plays mona lisa on uh parks and rec john raffio's sister oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh snap right i could see that i also have something to say i have done nothing wrong ever in my life i know this and i love you i love you too daddy money please my money jenny slate and shannon tatum Oh, I don't know that I want Channing Tatum to to be cast as Johnny. All right. I can think of someone else, but I don't think I want him. He's too bulky now. You know what I mean? Swayze's pretty bulky. No, he's like he's like fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's perfect. <laughs> Channing Tatum's like a I got <laughs> Yo, there so much happens in one night. So they perform the mambo at another resort. They Th- come back. That's when the guy goes, yeah, mambo, come on. <laughs> yep. They come back. Penny's abortion went. Botched. Yes. She gets in touch with her dad who helps, who's a doctor, of course. Who's there for who knows how long, doing God knows what. Yeah. And also, do doctors like today carry doctor bags with them everywhere they go? <sighs> I think so. I think doctors today are slacking big time. Woof. I mean, good thing he had it there. He, and apparently he had everything he needed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, 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 she was like, just come on, come on. I'd be like, listen, I got to know what to grab. Like, wh- where are we going? Yeah, I she <laughs> grabbed the bag. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, like I, di- I didn't bring anything for this. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought someone was had a broken leg. <laughs> he he gets the job done. He, he talks magic he to disses, her. Yeah. He disses Patrick Swayze's character. Yeah. Because he thinks he's responsible for the baby. Tells tells baby that she's fucking up. And and then she loses her virginity to Seriously. Johnny. <laughs> that is ballsy. Like after after getting in that much hot water with your dad to then like go back out. You know, like it's not even you didn't wait till the next night. It was yeah. like <laughs> I guess a lot of emotions just like Oh yeah, mm-hmm. she's growing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was cool because, the, and then when she when she goes to see Johnny before they you know have sex for the first time, it is cool the way they break o- break down Swayze's whole thing. Like like how I mentioned when we first meet him, you know he's Johnny Cool, sunglasses right. at night indoors, and he's always cool. And each time he becomes more and more of like a real person until this scene when he's all that coolness is stripped away, and you just 
see his like feelings of inadequacy and his like fear of failure and just all like the stress that he always has on himself all the time right and uh and then you get to, like you know like, just because someone's like the coolest man of all time doesn't mean you don't got problems absolutely and i feel like they never really discussed this in films and i don't know if it's this night but at some point he explains to her how other women basically women who are wealthier than him have taken advantage of him as well yeah which i thought was really interesting because i think it's hard to think of men getting taken advantage of and i don't know if that's messed up or not <laughs> it probably is oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> And and on multiple levels, because one, like for men, men, of course, can like just having sympathy for men in that sense can be taken advantage of. And then just the fact that you think a woman couldn't have that power over a man, you know? But when you're looking at this situation where the class divide is so different, where, you know, like... You know, he's a couple steps away from basically being a prostitute to these women. Yeah. You know, where they're like, they're there because they're like, oh, yeah, my, my dumb husband can sit there and play poker while I'm dancing with this young, like, hot guy that I can have my own, like, little fantasy about mm-hmm. and then leave leave him to go back to my life of riches and yachts and all that bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 cool. Mm. I mean, not cool. It's cool the movie explored that, you know. Right. Because it, 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 Swayze could have just been Captain Cool the whole movie, but they, they really went with it. Yeah, and it... He, it made him even like. I mean, it made him more real. He made him just like a, an actual grounded, a realistic character with three dimensions. And I would argue it made him more attractive Ew. because it gave an element of vulnerability. Yeah. That he didn't necessarily have at the top of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, because he's super guarded in the beginning. Like he's cold as hell to baby. He's constantly talking mad shit to her. Like. Right. He's just like, you don't understand what we're doing here. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how the producer described how dance sort of symbolized the class the class uh structure in this movie Uh so she was like you know there's three stages there's the grinding that represents the lower class there's the family foxtrot which is the top layer where like they're all dancing corny together and then there's the middle which is like the expedition dance of you know johnny and penny dancing for the audience yeah and i love that like symbolism of the three levels there yeah and where they meet in the middle is that expedition dance and that's where these classes can actually like come together yeah no i like that too and you even see that in the scene uh where baby and and johnny are are kind of dancing and kissing and like doing it doing the thing and then that one annoying dude whose name i can't remember the guy who likes pet who likes baby oh the owner's son yeah the owner's (laughs) son and like the owner's son like pops upstairs and then like immediately she reverts to doing the kind of corny like weird mm. like hand motion dancing to you know just to like separate to be like no no look uh, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing yeah. the upper level shit oh. like that's what he's teaching me that guy sucks yeah so when he's like <laughs> he oh, was... i, c- I could have gave you lessons and <laughs> please he was so full of himself too yeah that guy sucked <laughs> He was, like, kind of worse than Robbie. Oh, you think so? I think Robbie's worse at the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah. But, like, oh, my God, this guy. He's just, like, one of those where, like, as soon as you start talking to him, you're like, I gotta I gotta leave. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't even, like, listen to this guy talk. Like, yeah. I get that, too. I liked just to kind of put a button on the end of us talking about Johnny and, and all that stuff with the women and being taken advantage of. Uh, you know, he finally gets that courage to turn down that one woman's like indecent proposal Mm -hmm. and even like gives the money back to her husband where this whole movie you know he's been talking about 
how like money's a very big motivating factor in in his life and obviously because he doesn't have a lot of it right and he needs it to live and it's i thought it was cool the way they showed him kind of putting his own self-respect above that for once you know where he's always agreeing with the boss's son he's always kind of shutting his mouth when when uh he has some good ideas about something and this was like kind of the first time he takes a little bit of agency and doesn't because he always looks at himself as like, oh, I'm less than these people, so I shouldn't speak up because they're offering me, they're giving me the money, they're giving me work. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so that, I thought that was like a cool, a cool moment. Absolutely. And I think it showed how much lower class people have to sacrifice in order to stand up for themselves. Yeah. It really sucks. Because, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, Baby has all this motivation to point out what's right and what's wrong and speak up for it but at the end of the day you don't have to worry about food being on your plate exactly and they that that's one of their the arguments that they have with each other he has to sacrifice so much more to stand up for himself and what's right yeah and then when she like wouldn't even tell her father that they were together Mm -hmm. like it's like you're not even doing the bare minimum here yeah oh that was hard yeah the way patrick looks at her like once he realizes why she brought him in the bushes is so sad and also, Johnny, you know, getting accused of being, like, a wallet thief on mm. top of that. That's just another way of, like, you can easily blame, like, the lower class or blame the help and no one will even question you. Right. Meanwhile, it was these two cri- weird-ass old people who looked alike. <laughs> you have married couples who stay together that long and start to look alike. It's always weird. You know, like, it's just, like, you've been together, like, 50 years. You just, your bodies are molding into the same, like, shape yeah. and size. <laughs> I don't know about you but my mom would always like see couples like that and she'd be like hey are you brother and sister <laughs> like thinking she's like making fun conversation but i would always cringe because i'd see like people's looks and being like oh no. this lady <laughs> yeah exactly kind of brother and sister hang out this often at this age of life like <laughs> <laughs> just holding hands with their baby in the cra- carriage like <laughs> yeah so this finale dance scene Kenny Ortega, the choreographer, refers to it as Dirty Mambo. Oh. Which I really like. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like still like classic steps, but you got that dirty element, like a little little spice. They, I think it took a couple, a few days to shoot this scene. And they were, you know, shooting till like three in the morning. I think on top of the choreography, having just gotten the music that they needed for the scene and the time constraint of having to shoot this film in a certain amount of time just so much pressures from so many different angles just made it that much harder to shoot and on top of that patrick swayze i learned from the documentary played football in high school Uh and got a massive knee injury so i think after that his dancing was to a minimal and he really had a lot of trouble throughout this film keeping up with his knee that was injuring wow. him throughout the time. So that jump that he does from the stage yeah. during this final scene had to do like 12 to 15 times. But by I think it's the last take that ended up in the final movie. Oh, wow. But he was like, I cannot dance anymore. That's like, crazy. you guys have to get it. Get it from every angle. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. So it was just. I never would have guessed they're watching him. His fucking moves are on point. Yeah, I think he's just he just sells it no matter what, no matter how much pain he's in. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but they didn't even practice. They practiced the lift in the water as they do in the movie, but they never really did the lift until they were shooting the scene. Wow. So they were there pretty late. So the moment was real, like (laughs) it was the actual thing. (laughs) 
Uh, that's crazy. It was it was cool uh, from my angle to finally have context of what this <laughs> last dance was. I never understood. I thought maybe it was a dance competition. Like I was like, what? I was like, I don't know what this movie is that it leads to this being the last thing that happens, you know? Mm, yeah. And then because I just knew it was a dancing movie, I thought maybe I was like, oh, it's probably like a big competition that they have to work towards. And then earlier when that was the plot where it's like, oh, I have to train you, baby, to become my dance partner. I thought it was going to build to this dance. I didn't realize they were going to knock it out with the mambo so early. Ah. Um, but so that was cool. So it was cool to see that it was it was about it was a little bit more about character development and less just about like we have to win the trophy. Exactly. Yeah. I know you don't necessarily follow dance or like watch it that often. But yeah. did you notice that some of the choreography was the same? Or most of the choreography was the same from that mambo dance? No, I don't know. I, oh, okay. Because I, I was I was waiting for that question of like when did they rehearse this? But they actually like that's the base of yeah the, the performance. I, they had so many outfits on during those montages that I just assumed I was like <laughs> this seems like they did this a lot. They probably just had this discussion off camera. Oh, <laughs> nice. You know, like cool. he was talking about it because like the whole thing was that like he was sick of the tired dances that they were doing, so this was like his personal idea of how to shake things up right you know and that was cool too because it's like it clearly wasn't as like grimy as like the staff dancing like he still like knew as like an artist that like you can't just take a <laughs> right into just like simulating sex in front of these people yeah. we have to take baby steps to it you can't show mrs hathaway how to how to grind exactly <laughs> exactly and he gets baby out of that corner he gets <laughs> It's not even really a corner. I know. So it's a metaphorical corner. Apparently, Patrick uh, hated that line. He like he was like, "Do we have to do this?" I don't line? think I love the line either. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's just weird. It's said with such conviction <laughs> that I'm just like nobody uses that phrase. Like it's like it'd be one thing if like earlier baby was like, "Man, my whole life, my dad just always wants me to do what he wants." Like I feel like I'm just like stuck in this corner, you know? Yeah. Like just something. <laughs> Like, I don't know, he, he says it with such confidence as if everyone talks about being in a corner. He's like, no, there's a baby in a corner. Uh, I never, ever questioned that line. And it's, it's like, no, I'm like, what do you mean, do you, do you know my daughter for eight days? Like, what do you mean nobody? Like, you don't know what the fuck's going on in her life. <laughs> oh my god. But anyway, it's iconic. Okay. I've just always, I've always questioned the line. And I was just like, is there a baby? And what's going on in that corner? <laughs> I, I feel like I can't really talk. I mean, everybody knows that this final scene is a masterpiece, so I don't have to get into the choreography and try and convince you that it's amazing. It just is. So. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, I think that we can dive into some best worst. Let's do it. Let's start out fun. Best worst cat skills activity. <laughs> oh, damn. That is a good one. I should have I thought of that. What's your best? I can. Well. My best, n- no, actually, oh. surprisingly, why did I choose that? <laughs> yeah, my best was bingo. Oh God, <laughs> I love bingo. I know you do. <laughs> Andy hates bingo. I find bingo quite <laughs> it's, pointless. It's so fun. I feel like I call it. I call it waiting the game, ugh. where you wait. And then someone tells you if you want, <laughs> you don't do anything. You don't, you don't. It's you don't, all by chance though. You don't, that's why it's, you're just waiting. It's like, there's no skill. It's not like poker or like some other kinds of gambling where you're trying to affect the odds with your own decision making. It's just, it's just hopefully it's like, you might as well just flip a coin 50 <laughs> times and see who gets it more times. All or, right. Or I if, think it's fun. And you have to buy more than one card. To me, it's like if six people were in a room and then we were like, all right, we'll just roll this dice 10 times and whoever's number rolls the most wins the money. And it's like, yeah, I guess 
kind of exciting, but you're not doing anything. Okay, that's fair. Pretty anti-bingo. I, yeah. I don't know. What's the best? I need some examples. I mean, worst, I'm probably going to... I was going to say charades, but I think Simon Says might be worse. Oh, yeah. Charades can be fun. Simon Says is not fun. Uh, Unless you're a, like you gotta be a kid to enjoy Simon Says. Yes, that's what I agree with. Because yeah. I think as a kid I loved Simon yeah. Says. Oh yeah, adults shouldn't be playing Simon Says together without kids present. There's something <laughs> wrong about that. They were all adults. Yeah, Simon Says is my least favorite. Nice. I don't know what the best. There's there was some cool shit. I just can't remember any of the other ones. They were doing like some cha cha line. Yeah. They were doing something with wigs. Remember that? Yeah. Going on a kayak, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Dance classes. Nah, not for me. Movie night. <laughs> Movie yeah. night's your best. But I like, yeah, but I even like it there. What the hell are we do it? <laughs> I feel like only because I've only seen this once. I can't like. I don't really remember all the scenes that happened. I'm gonna go kayaking. All right, like, all right. I do. I do enjoy kayaking. You it's do. Not, it's not just a random ass thing. I think I. I think I officially tagged onto your worst with the Simon says. Yeah. I did just uh, good old fashioned best worst like side character. Ooh. So not not like baby and Johnny. Shit yes. Like that. My best, I I kind of like Johnny's cousin. Oh yeah. Yeah, he seemed like he seemed like a genuine dude. You know, at first I thought there was gonna be like some jealousy between him and Johnny because he's like, "There's my cousin, just always crushing it." <laughs> and then so I thought he was gonna be like mad because he kind of seemed like he was into baby. Uh, and then baby yeah. was like, "I'm into your cousin." <laughs> uh, but I don't know. He was cool. He didn't cause much drama. He seemed like a nice guy. He had those long watermelons. <laughs> yeah. He was helping out. It's really random, but I really like his shirt when he's flipping the records at the end. Uh huh. I, I don't remember know. it, but uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I love Penny. She might be my best. Yeah, Penny's great. Yeah. And I just think she's very beautiful and has amazing form yeah. for, as a dancer. So, yeah. Nice. And her acting's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 f- I never questioned that she was acting, you know? Like, mm-hmm. consciously, I was just like, oh, damn. Like, she's going through a lot. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, and then worst... I mean, it's obviously Robbie, but I got to go on her son just in terms of like, I just can't even listen to this guy talk. <laughs> not for a second. I might go with the owner because uh, he raised that guy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and also at one point in the movie, he picks up a Danish and goes, this is protein. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this guy's doing. <laughs> what is he talking about? I don't know. Uh, that guy was weird. Yeah, he was mad weird. Okay. How about this? Best worst dance practicing method because they do quite a few throughout the film yeah uh maybe best is dancing on that log oh that seemed like a good good practice seemed like really get your balance going that's such a karate kid answer <laughs> miyagi would dance on a log <laughs> i'll tell you that right now <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that's my worst oh i'm like you can learn balance so many other ways what, but on a big ass log come on swayze injured himself after during that the that's filming of that scene that's because you gotta be a top dancer to dance on oh my god you gotta be number one it was so funny because they had just had arguments about having stunt doubles uh-huh and he was like no like stunt doubles are stupid blah 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 then yeah. it falls that's hilarious <laughs> all right what's your best like i make it my worst all right <laughs> wait is that what you just did Ugh. the the lifts in the water oh yeah that's pretty good hey. alright it's not my worst <laughs> uh, I think that's a very smart way to practice lifts yeah yeah it makes sense although you can't get the running start oh yeah 
I guess it's just about like strength. Yeah. In that point. And balance her her balance. like staying See balance. balance. Yeah. All the life is balance. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Worse is because I'm having trouble remembering other. Um. Parts. There's when Penny is also dancing with them. So baby's in the middle. Oh yeah. There's that. There's just straight up Swayze yelling at you. <laughs> I feel like dancing his, down the stairs. The very the very first time they dance together, uh, when he when she first meets Swayze at the at the staff clubs and he's trying to teach her to gyrate. I feel like Ooh. I feel like it was it was wasn't that good. Oh, in that's terms your... of in terms of teaching someone how to dance, like oh. like he I, I don't know. I feel like he was just like. That's when I wrote like, yo, she can't handle these hip thrusts. Like, like it was just like it was so like, like aggressive for like a first dance lesson. And I know he wasn't like trying to teach her yet, but still, yeah. like he was like well, trying to get her used to it. That was pretty intense. I agree. Yeah. But it did get like her like in the mood. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not picking it because I can't think of any other. Yeah. Ones. But also think about it. Like, if someone I had a crush on grabbed me and started dancing like that with me. I would be over the moon. Like, yeah. I, that's so crazy. <laughs> I think she did, like, hopelessly devoted so well. Yeah, like, yeah. it was so... Imagine. Yeah. You wouldn't be as excited, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's different as for me. If, <laughs> if, a, the if, genders if a girl came up to you and started, like, showing you how to, like, move your hips... You wouldn't be like a girl you liked, not yeah, just any girl. I don't know. If I came up to you, I was like, "Hey." <laughs> I know, but like da- giving like a guy a dance lesson, it's not as like, it's not as like sensual. It's not the same. Oh my god! Do we have to watch "Shall We Dance," where Jennifer Lopez teaches Richard Gere how to dance? Oh, that sounds awful. Come on, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> Moving on. Move it along. Beyond the credits. Let's do it. I found it really funny that even though this was a huge hit, it did not have any effect on the types of movies Vestron chose to produce following it. Like, what do you mean? And they just started producing awful movies after it. They were like, oh man, this is our first movie. This is awesome. And then they just did a series of very not popular movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of those movies was Little Monsters, which I don't oh, yeah. know if you saw. I know that movie, yeah, with Fred Savage and yeah. Howie Mendel. What ended up happening was they closed their doors in 1991 from bankruptcy. Oh, damn. Lionsgate right now has the rights to Dirty Dancing. So the studio that produced this movie is gone. Yeah. But it did not stop Dirty Dancing from becoming a franchise that many people love. There was a TV show in 1988, I think starring patrick cassidy and melora hardin oh shit from the office yeah wow was she baby jan was baby that's crazy (laughs) that's bananas yeah i gotta see a clip of that if you're a fan of the office definitely check out a clip it's kind of weird that's crazy but yeah she was baby um this it only lasted one season and it was funny, like somebody was like, Yeah, they changed the plot a little bit where Baby was actually the daughter of like the owner of the resort and like was in charge of Johnny. Uh, so they were like, Well, once the summer is over, what happens? If this show were to continue. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't make it. But of course, as you mentioned at the top, there is a sequel to this movie, Havana Nights. Yeah. 
It's not a real sequel, though. It's not a real sequel. That's one of those where someone else wrote a different script and they just changed the title, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I haven't seen it personally, but I don't really want to. I gotta to. imagine there's nothing. It's like, not only like character-wise, I just feel like it's not, it's just, I'm sure it's a movie about people dancing in Havana. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. But there is one thing that I want, would like to take a break for you to check out mm-hmm. real quick. ABC made a TV movie of Dirty Dancing. Uh-huh. They basically made a remake. And I think you have to look at the final scene. Is it awful? Let's check it out. All right. Hachimachi, that was <laughs> terrible. Yo. Cringe. That was like real bad. Yeah. Yo, they, <laughs> they if you didn't watch it, if you didn't pause yourself at home to go on YouTube, they make the odd choice to have baby and johnny be the ones singing time of my life instead of just playing in the background yep and because they have to sing it really limits how much moving they could do so there's not a lot of dancing nope not very little there's some step touch there's some there's some (laughs) it's very no chemistry that was whack i don't never don't ever watch it No, you should, because then you'll appreciate the original. Oh, you can watch the scene, but don't watch this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I watched this scene, and I was like, yeah, I'm never watching this movie. I, I actually want to know how they handle the, the botched abortion on ABC. I Actually, that's a good question, because from my research, they kept pretty much everything the same, but there's like an added plot with the parents. That's why you saw them also singing yeah. I've Had the Time of My Life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It sucks too because like the the lady who plays baby, that's the freaking girl from Little Miss Sunshine. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and uh what that what's that Star Wars guy's name? What's oh Billy D. Williams. Yeah, yeah Billy D is there. It's a sad day. It's a sad day for D. <laughs> yeah, this is a mess. Yeah, don't oh. I, I love when Deborah Messing goes, Did you know she could do that? Yeah. <laughs> She does like a like a one two, <laughs> like it was like the easiest dance step of all time. Oh god, uh, yeah. So I didn't even know there was a remake of this, but and yeah. you know, it came out twenty seventeen. Twenty seven. They they had to look at that choreography and be like, yeah, this is gonna get trashed on the internet. Yeah. Come on. But anyway, all that to say is the efforts to make something nearly as good as Dirty Dancing have all failed. Yeah. But what has been greenlit, or I guess is a go as of last year is Jennifer Grey confirmed that she will be executive producing and starring in a sequel to Dirty Dancing. Wow. And uh, I think some of the original like cr- creatives might be involved as well. Yeah, um, it's going to be hard without Swayze. It's going to be hard. I And they, she did already confirm that they're not going to try and like replace him or anything like that. So I think they might write something in yeah. where he's not available. But Jonathan Levine who I guess is known for his work on uh, Warm Bodies and Longshot, he will be directing this sequel. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have high hopes. Yeah, it could be a coming to America situation. Yeah. We'll see what Jennifer Grey has to do. Is it going to be called Dirtier Dancing? (laughs) It kind of sucks, though, because I didn't know this, but she got some plastic surgery done. So when I was watching interviews of her, I didn't even... Like, I I was like, where's Jennifer? And I was like, oh, snap, that's her. (laughs) So she won't even look like herself. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. But I, I'm so happy though. Like last night was the best because I freaking love this movie, and I've been wanting you to watch it for a while. I just think that because of all the layers it has, and just you know, from class culture to dance, 
I don't know, just everything, just the multiple layers of discussion that you can take away from this film, even the stance on abortion and just having that be a topic that was in a in a popular movie in yeah. the 80s <laughs> that and an, an abortion that's not even like pictured nicely it like went wrong <laughs> um, i think that's a very powerful for that for the time that it came out i think the cast is fantastic the chemistry is undeniable and just the creatives behind it i i i think that you'd appreciate all that went into it um despite all the hardships and i think it has such an interesting and unique history mm-hmm. that i for someone who loves to dive in on the deep facts that you'd appreciate so i'm hoping that you walk away with love actually i'm hoping that you've had the time of your life so andy do you love what i love love it I love it. So, did I love Dirty Dancing? Uh, we're watching this movie. Definitely had lots of shit in it that I did not see coming. Nice. Uh, like I said, I purposely went out of my way to never really look about what this movie was about because I just wanted to like, I wanted to get it all whole. For a movie where I've already seen the ending, it was cool to see how much stuff wasn't that I didn't know coming expected in this movie. Right. On layers on layers. And I'll take it off right off to bat. Uh, yeah, I kind of love this movie. Yes! <laughs> oh my god, you love a movie I love. Yeah, it was pretty fucking good. Yes. It was real good. I mean, I already love Swayze, so like that's that's a huge plus. Uh, like, I got you 50% yeah, with Swayze. You're 50% in the door with that guy. <laughs> but yeah, everything you kind of just said, I mirror that where I like that it's not, it's a movie about dancers and dancing, but it's not. A movie that's only about like we have to get good at dance otherwise we're in trouble you know so right. I, I i thought the all the character moments really worked i actually really felt baby and johnny as fully dimensional characters with, with full arcs um i think they the way they peel away like johnny is like is almost like swayze in the way we look at him in the beginning where he's just like such this cool guy but the movie kind of, not that it's autobiographical in any way, but it kind of peels away the character the same kind of way Swayze is, where like on one end he just looks like that like hot Hollywood actor, but then you realize like how fucking good he actually is. Mm. And that's kind of what we get with Johnny there too. So I liked all that. I, I found the stories just really relatable with the, the, the father stuff and, and kind of that, you know, becoming a different person than your parents, but also you know, growing from them, kind of like how I mentioned earlier. Right. Um, And then at the end of the day, too, it doesn't do what most modern dance sequences I've seen is with the over-editing. It's still kind of shot in that old-school way where it's the same... I feel the same way about all dances and all fight scenes. (laughs) Wide angles, minimum cutting. Mm. Like, I, I just feel like when you have... We used to shoot it in a way where we had such faith in the people performing it. And it was such professionals, like, you you would only want to shoot a wide angle of, of Swayze dancing because he's so fucking good at it that, like, why wouldn't you want to just have him show... You know, think about, like, all the classic, like, tap dancing numbers of the 50s oh and 60s. God. The camera never moved. It was just this long, uninterrupted shot of the dancer impressing you. Right. And the camera was there to be our eyes. Where once we hit, like, the early 2000s, and I know you love it, but I'm thinking, like, Chicago specifically... Hmm. We and and fight scenes. I, I have the same exact criticism for fight scenes, where one move could have five to six different cuts, and it's done in a way to kind of keep keep it fast paced. 
but I get pulled away as a viewer where I'm just not, I'm, I'm no longer impressed by the performer because I don't know how many times did they do it, you know, like how many, how many of those shots was a stunt double as opposed to the person doing it. Right. Where when I watch Jackie Chan fight or when I watch Swayze dance in this, I, I see him. I, I'm like, no, that's him doing it. Like that's that you couldn't, they didn't switch him out at the last second. Like I can, I can fully see him as a person performing these physical feats and I'm very impressed. As opposed to where, you know, someone does one move and the camera cuts to the leg and then cuts to the arm and then cuts to their head. And, yeah. and you just don't, I, you, you get a disconnect in the, in the dancing to me. Yeah, I think it's when you don't have a Swayze or a Jackie Chan that they have to resort to that. You yeah, know? yeah, I guess so. Or yeah, where you want to just, in order to hide the stunt double, you need to have all those cuts. Because otherwise, if you keep it on them too long, you'll realize it's not <laughs> right. your main star. So yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I just I clocked it the whole time. Where even though I'm not a huge dance head, I can appreciate good dancing. But I was just like, man, like these motherfuckers learned how to dance, and these filmmakers have confidence in themselves that they can hold the show. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'm a big component of you know films a visual medium. You should use the camera to tell things you normally you normally can't do. But with when you when you're just trying to show off talented dancing, I I think the best thing to do is film it the way all the dance scenes in this are filmed. Right. Just wide shots. So that's kind of what put me over the edge on it, where I was like, I enjoy the story. I think the acting's good. I, you know, I think the setting's unique. And then, the, and, and also I like that whole period piece angle of it, of showing that shift in American culture. Mm-hmm. So all that just comes to go to work. And, you know, like I'm always saying how, like, I like movies with a little bit of meat on the bone as opposed to just a, a singular story. And uh, this, yeah, I just, it was just worked and you know like it, and then at the end of the day you know we watched it a day and a half ago and like i'm still like kind of thinking about scenes and thinking about stuff so it didn't just go in one ear out the other yeah it was cool that's awesome yeah, it was a great movie. <laughs> i will say the resort that they shot in virginia really takes pride in the fact that dirty dancing was shot there uh-huh. and they have a dirty dancing themed weekend every year Whoa. where they do like a sock hop and screening of the movie watermelon tosses dance lessons that's cool uh i think to this day so if any dirty dancing fans want to head up to pembroke virginia or if lo- andy lo- you want to go love what i love group trip we get, we get, get the fans on a bus we get oh my god what a great idea <laughs> all right everyone well that's our show thanks so much for listening if you enjoy our podcast be sure to subscribe and tell a friend also if you have any opinions on what we discussed follow us on social media at lwil podcast And as always, if you have the time, please take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Andy. I'm Masha, and I hope you love what I love. (laughs) Now I had the part of my life. And I never casted this much before. <laughs> yes, I swear this is true. But and I, I owe it all to COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was hoping we get on the same page, uh, but I was like, that last one's too hard. I don't uh, know what we're gonna say. <laughs> Nobody puts the love with a love in a corner. <laughs>